Hi, and welcome to It's Not All Black and White. My name is Sarah. I'm black. I'm Matthew. I'm white. This is the Interracial Couple Podcast, and welcome. And uh, today, well, let's just say this. It's been a very difficult week uh, all over the world, really, particularly in America, but it's also brought a really a reckoning, I think, uh, around the globe, around racism with what's happened with George Floyd. And not sadly, not that that was a special case because it's, that kind of thing happens so often, that type of injustice. Um, yet at the same time, it has sort of, it's uh, a new awakening, I think, that we are long, long, long overdue for. Um, and uh, you also, you know, this weekend had, um, were really processing it in whatever way even possible. Um, maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So this week you were not home. I was gone for the weekend. You were gone for the weekend. And I watched the video of George Freud being, you know, killed. And I think I watched it on Friday. And I was like, it was so disturbing. And I went to bed and I could not get it out of my head. Like, I would just wake up at night. I think I woke up like two times. And it was like the thing that woke me up. It was like literally nightmares. But then on Saturday, I was like, there was, you know, everyone was talking about it on social media and everyone was outraged. And I was really outraged. But on on Sunday, then no. So that was Friday. I didn't sleep well. Then Saturday, I was still haunted by that image. Like I could not get it out of my mind. And on Sunday, I was just by myself and I had a total breakdown. You know, it was... I think it started with like, what can I do? You know, like, what can I do though so this can stop happening? And I started to write a Instagram post. And as I'm writing the Instagram post, I just started sobbing, you know. And I was so I was by myself, so it was nice. I could just cry. So I started sobbing and then I was like, Sarah, get yourself. No, the first time I just was like moved from the table onto the couch. And I continued crying and I really, really needed to cry. Like it's just so much. And I was crying for George Freud, but there were so many other things that came up for me, you know? Um, and so I was like, Sarah, you got to get yourself together and finish this post. And then I could not finish the post. Like I kid you not, I cried for like three hours on and off by myself. And I was just like, how can we as a society let this happen like it's happened so many times where i just watch these videos on social media and um fuck, i want to cry again like and then it just becomes like a hashtag and then it happens again and we all forget about it we go back to our lives and it happens again and like i just kept asking myself like why are people not doing anything like and then it went from that because i'm not you know it's for me it's like in some ways it just was like fuck life is black like life is hard like i just like coming to think about like what is actually does it mean to be black like i am black i am african i'm kenyan i'm a kikuyu but what does it actually means to be black it's like i just feel like we all have like this struggle from colonization to slavery to like not having a safe space for black people, you know? I don't feel like there's anywhere in the world where you go 
where as a black person you feel okay you know like you feel safe in america it's so like the racism and like everything that happens is so fucking intense and probably shouldn't cast on this podcast but um then you come to kenya and our leaders fucking suck i just want an israel for black people you know like and and I know that sounds crazy because Israel is not a safe country, but I feel like I want a safe heaven for black people. Like I am so tired, you know. I am so tired of watching these videos. I am so tired of reading social. Like I cannot read another social media post at like where we are at this point. Like I'm just so frustrated and so angry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, that's my experience. But yeah. that's what I'm going through right now. Right. And I think one of the things, at least when you, because I was not here, so you called me and we were talking and it was, you know, I think there were a few things. One was just to, for me also to, to give you the space, but then also you were just kind of, kind of going, processing different pieces because there was this piece of, you know, of people who you love and respect who were really speaking out in one way, which, which obviously is great. But the other side of that is, you even said like, well, what are you doing about it? And I think we'll get back to that in a little bit later in this conversation, but what are you doing? And then the other side is kind of the, the hateful stuff. Um, and then this kind of question of, okay, right. Like, you know, we see this, you know, what, what happened today uh, or this week? It's like, it actually happens all the time. It's all the time. And you can go through and someone posted the other day, just like hashtag after hashtag after hashtags of names of, of black people in America killed uh, by through police violence and you just think okay well so this is just another hashtag like you said and what are we what are we doing and then I think some of the other pieces of what can we do and what can we do that is also that actually has a lasting impact um, you know I, I just read even this morning when you know it's like that uh, this kind of thing of you know the system is broken we need to fix it and the reality was is that no the system is not broken this is the system you know, and it actually requires a full rethinking, a reframing, right? Yeah. And the other thing too, like, as you're talking about like hashtags is like, I've been open to having like different groups of people, you know, conservatives on my page, um, who bring like the other opinions. Right. The stuff that you wouldn't be exposed to normally through your normal friend group. Correct. Yeah. So, and I keep those. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going to be open. But on Sunday, I hit my max. I snoozed all those people for 30 days. I was like, I cannot. I will not listen to a white person telling me about riots and rooting. Like, I do not want to hear about it. You know, it's like, this is not the conversation. The conversation is about not who's rooting and what's, and like some small business being destroyed like i am just gonna say on camera i actually do not care i do not care how many glasses are destroyed like all i care about right now is like i want black men to feel safe and like that's all i care about like and if that's not the conversation you're having on my feed and that's what i'm being shown i'm snoozing you Right. Well, because it's bringing in something that's not actually the point. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things. And right now, if people started coming out and saying, yeah, okay, Black Lives Matter, great, but what about the environment? You say, okay, you know, this what, is are we, what are we talking about right now? And actually what, and, and these moments are also as, you know, the tra- they're, they're these huge tragedies, but there's actually 
there in every tragedy there's an opportunity and if the opportunity is instead to be complaining about you know yeah all lives matter or it's to com- complain about you know broken windows or it's to complain about other things it's kind of missing the important opportunity that we actually have right now and if we don't take this opportunity then what happens and guess what it's going to happen again next month you know in fact it already has happened since how many black people have been killed by police through the protests there have been a few there have been a few yeah and it's so hard because I am like, a pro, if you know me personally, it's like, you know how much I love supporting small businesses. I am a small business owner. But in this moment, even my business is not a priority. What I want right now is like to make it safe. And it's, that's it. And I think one of the things that came out, because you asked me this earlier, like, what are you doing about it? Like, what have you done? And I think that's one of the things that this time needs to bring into our awareness is what can we actually do moving forward? Because... The other danger, as you mentioned, is that this becomes a flashpoint. It's a bunch of hashtags. It's a bunch of outrage. It's a bunch of, you know, words. But then how does that get backed up by action that can actually move the needle somewhere? Because the reality is, is that where we are now is not really a whole lot better than we've been for a long, long time. If ever. Like, is it actually getting better? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, if that, I, just... I don't think you can say that because there were so many... You know, even when you think of policy and you go all the way back to policy or how the system has been set up to run, it actually has been set up to disadvantage uh, minorities, you know, uh, in, in America. You know, but even, every, you know, anywhere where we look, it's like the systems that we have set up are not working. And we can be angry about them. And we see that here, right? I mean, here, there, you know, here in Kenya, we, there are protests about police brutality also. There was one not too long ago. Um, there were there were protests about inequality, and then it just kind of goes back. And what can we actually do? It almost feels like that there's this mountain of a constant barrage of of evil. I want to say that's being thrown at us. And what what can we do that actually you know, moves us forward? I think regularly? I think I asked you like, what are you doing apart from like apart writing, from posting, apart from posting? Like I had to be like really honest. You know, I was like, you as a white man, like. What are you doing, you know, to make a difference? When you first asked that question, I was like, I feel like my face just went white. You know, it was like, what do I do on a regular basis? You know, and I can't say that I do that much on a regular basis. There are certain things that I do, um, you know, and quite frankly, when I go to see a movie in the movie theater, almost every movie I've seen in the theater for the last probably three or four years is either directed by a woman a person of color or is starring a woman or person of color. That was, you know, and yeah, that's really small. It's really small, but it's something I incorporate into my life. And it also means that there are movies that would be great to see on the big screen that I just don't all, you know, if it comes back and I, but I'm not going to spend, you know, whatever it is, 12 to 20 bucks to go see a movie and just to support the status quo. So for me, it's like where I spend my money is one thing that I can do that's very important. Um, you know, as a filmmaker, that's another piece, you know, like my, my last documentary, Hardball, um, you know, I was very, very aware when I was hiring my, these are the key creatives that we were virtually 50-50 along gender lines in, in key creatives or, or crew positions, um, you know, making sure that, you know, that there were, peop- you know, minorities, people of color on the crew in, and in key positions. That was very, very... Um, conscious 
and then even sort of the subjects of the film, the five main characters. Obviously, it's a it's a, a movie about women who play baseball in sort of a quote unquote man's world. Um, so obviously, it was basically a movie, you know, primarily women, um, but also you know women of color, LGBTQ. Um, you know, so like that really is important, and it's not something that I necessarily do every day. And I think that's something that when you said like, what is every day, that kind of hurt a little bit because I was, but it was also good. It's a question that I had to ask like, not only what do I do every day, but what could I do or what can I change about the way that I live my life so that I also am not just posting a prayer, posting a, you know, being angry. And if I am angry or posting anything on social media, guess what? Those are my friends. We already pretty much agree. There's like five or 10 people. I'm sure that that I uh, am friends with on social media that have completely different views from me. And those people aren't going to listen anyways. And besides, I just have to say when it comes to social media, let's be honest, how many minds have actually been changed by social media or on social media? Has that like five times in the history of the world? It doesn't happen. Like social media is a place where we go to basically, you know, pontificate or be angry or find our little echo chambers. Or um, just scroll up and down. Yeah. Waste time. Right. So so whatever we do on social media has no valid impact really. And I think that's important. It's gotta come back, it's gotta get off of the virtual. You know, being virtually angry is not the same as being angry. Being virtually active is not the same as actually being active. You know, and I'm like as you're talking, like I asked you the same question and I think I'm asking myself the same question. Like, what am I doing? And for me it feels like what am I doing? to stop police brutality. And I just feel like apart from existing, being black is like, and speaking out about it is like, I'm actually not sure what I'm doing. Okay, but I want to say, so, you know, as a white man, early on, or not early on, but at a certain point in my creative career as a filmmaker, I had to look and say, okay, when I look around at what movies are being made in Hollywood, they're, they're by and large uh, stories of white men, by and large. Um, and that has been that way since the beginning of Hollywood. Um, so, you know, to me, it became this question of, you know, as a, what is my responsibility? And that is actually a big responsibility. Like I actually have to speak up. So when I'm in development meetings, you know, I have to be the voice. If there are no, if there's no one else speaking up for gender equality, for racial equality, uh, you know, are we going to pass the Bechtel test, for example, like that? became my responsibility specifically and primarily because I am not a person of color because I'm not a woman, right? And so I think when you ask that question, I almost challenge that and say, you are actually doing something very important. One of the hashtags I've noticed that's trending and things that people have been posting is, here are a list of, of black businesses that you can support in Los Angeles. Here are local black businesses you can support, things like that. And so for you, what you're doing by actually engaging in business and in, in creating opportunities for people of color to uh, have a you know make a good living these types of things that is actually activism it feels but it doesn't to be honest it does not feel enough you know like yes i educate a few girls i building a business then can employ a, quite a number of people but it just still feels like it's not enough like I am not going to watch another video of another black man being killed. Like, I just was like, it has to come to an end. It has to come to an end. Like, I will absolutely not watch another video, you know? And I, 
And like I say that, and I'm like, okay, but I also don't know what to do, yeah. you know. Like I don't want to watch another video, and I also don't know what to do. You know, it's like is donating money to Black Lives Matter organization gonna make it end? Are my words like people say all the time? Words are powerful. Like if I keep saying it and keep pushing for like, you know, for Black people to excel in different areas, will that make it end? You know. Um, anyway, I'm. I, and that, I, mean, I think that's hard. And I think it's one of the things that gets people. Like, I've, I've also felt like, hey, you know what? I show up, I vote, I do these certain small things that that matters. And I think it does. But you're right. There is, there, it's time for something, for it something bigger. It's time for a real conversation um, and, and action, you know? And, and I think that's, that there, you said the other day, or actually when we were talking this morning about like even, you know, preparing for this conversation. And I was like, I, I don't necessarily. I brought up one one idea, and you brought something else up, and you're like, I don't know what's right and wrong. And I think that that's something that, in our attempt to make a difference, it's not that there is always a right or wrong. Sometimes it's two rights, or sometimes it's two wrongs, or sometimes it's just really, really murky. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that because otherwise, like I was feeling to this point, like I don't even want to have this conversation because the chances of me saying something stupid, of me hurting someone's feelings is just almost like too big. You know, like I posted the other day on, on, on TikTok, right? And uh, I wasn't crystal clear in my words. And there were a lot of people who misunderstood what I said and were really angry. And then a lot of people who understood and were very supportive. And a lot of people were like, whatever, it's just a white dude talking. Like, what do you know about what we're going through? And then this sort of feeling of that, oh shoot, there's no necessarily right thing. And I think there's definitely wrong, you know, as we can see, like what happens, like the police brutality, the violence, that is wrong. But what we do towards making, towards either making a difference, towards searching for understanding, for reconciliation, I don't know if there's a right or wrong. And I certainly don't necessarily know that I can say definitively this is what I should do or this is what others should do or this is what would be best. I don't know. I don't know either. And it makes it hard to act in some ways because if when I do act, am I doing the right thing? Am I actually giving my time in a valuable way? Am I doing it in a way that's going to cause more good than harm? I think that I feel like there's one thing though I feel like I know what to do and I think like I feel like where you spend your money like I think like that is like if you don't know what to do, spend money. You mean spend money specifically like supporting okay. black businesses, supporting... Sup spend money supporting yeah. a black person. Mm. Put a black kid to like help them pay their college. Like do something. Like do something that involves, that actually involves money. Like that to me feels like the thing to do right now. Yeah. You know, like writing a post is not helping. You know, like that I feel like is not really helping, but like being, or being a mentor to like a black person who's struggling or like that to me feels like that's what helping in this moment feels like is like, let's spend money and support black businesses, support black children. And I think that's probably even one of the bigger ones is supporting the black businesses because what's happened, you know, systemically over the years has been, you know, for 
was 30 or 40 years, right, where like black people in America could not get, get credit. So they couldn't buy houses. And the houses that white people were able to buy ended up basically being how they were able to finance their kids to go to college. That, that you have an entire, you know, an entire generation or two of African Americans who did not have that opportunity. And now when you look at higher education institutions like UCLA, you're like, I'd seen every black person on the campus of 40,000 people because there were so few of us. Right? But that wouldn't be the case when you go to L.A. City College. That's not the case when you go to, you know, to uh, smaller public institutions because that's kind of like that's for you almost. Right. Yeah. And so I think that in some ways, you know, it's like do is the best thing to do to, you know, to donate money or is the best thing to do to actually go say, you know what, I've got. I have to spend X number of dollars every month to survive, whether I'm buying, you know, I have to buy food, I have to buy clothes, I have to do these things. Like, yeah, where you spend that, I think, makes a bigger difference. And you need that anyways. You know, even when you were like, you know, in 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 setting up your business examples, like what do people need anyway? You know, what do people need? And we need a lot of, like, in our modern world, we need a lot of things to to keep our lives going. And in that case, where you spend your money is huge. And then it's not a matter of I'm just donating or it's not a pity thing or anything. It's like, no, actually, I have to buy this number of things. I'm Who is going to get that money so that they can actually support themselves, so they can actually grow the strength of their communities? What happened this weekend is just like so painful. I feel the pain and I'm black and I'm from Africa. So meaning like I don't... You know, like I grew up my childhood, I didn't have to fit, like I grew up without racism every day, you know, and it, like my heart goes out to like my black sisters and my black brothers in America because I can not imagine what it's like. Like I know what it's like as an adult. I don't know what's like as a child. To have your entire life. Defined like by white people, you know, like I'm in pain, but I just feel like their pain is even like more, you know, and I... And I feel like I always like want to recognize and like say like I see you and I know like my pain is not your pain. Like it's not the same, you know, like we are all black, but like, I don't know, like it's just like I'm sure like my kids are going to be like black Americans and like they will face the same thing. But I just feel like I will fully never understand what it's like, even though I'm black, you know. Anyway. Um, you were going to read a poem. Is that still going to happen? Should I? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to read this poem. Or it's not a poem. I'm sorry. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. Uh, a prayer for, um, well, let me read this. It's a prayer of apology to African Americans. Uh, it was written by Marianne Williamson. Um, and uh, I saw this and I just thought it was... It was beautiful, uh, tragic, and necessary for this time. Um, and so I'm going to read it. On behalf of myself and on behalf of my country, to you and all African Americans from the beginning of our nation's history, in honor of your ancestors, and for the sake of your children, please hear this from my heart. I apologize. Please forgive us. With this prayer, I acknowledge the depths of evil that have been perpetuated against black people in America, from slavery to lynchings to white supremacist laws, to the denial of voting rights, to all the ways, both large and small, that abuses have occurred 
all of them evil, all of them wrong, for all of the oppression and all of the injustice, I apologize. Please forgive us. For the denial of human and civil rights, for inequalities and criminal justice, for instances of police brutality, for the denial of opportunity, for economic injustice, for all the ways that racism has fostered these wrongs, I apologize. Please forgive us. With this prayer, I acknowledge the beauty and genius of your culture, the power and genius of those who came before you, of your children and all your descendants. With this prayer, we pray that you, your children, and especially your men are blessed and protected. May your men be blessed and protected. May your men be blessed and protected. May all your men, women, and children be surrounded by angels at this time. Dear God, may a great healing occur. We place in your hand the relationship between black and white Americans. May we be lifted high above the walls that divide us. May our hearts be awakened to the truths of our oneness. May racism and prejudice be no more. May they dissolve in the presence of your love. Please come upon us and heal our hearts. To you, my African-American fellow citizens, please accept my apology on this day. It is to you and your grandparents and their grandparents before them and their grandparents before them. May the screams that were not allowed be allowed now. May the cries that never were heard be heard now. May the tears that were never heard be heard now. And may the healing begin. In this sacred container, may the healing begin. May the light of love now heal us all. Amen. Amen. I think we end with that. Yeah, I guess. We'll, we'll send this blessing out and our, our thoughts and our prayers are with our African-American brothers and sisters. We're far away, um, but we will speak and we will act and we will shift in our own thinking. Yeah, I agree. In our own way of doing and our way of being so that soon, very, very soon, this is just a part of our history and not a part of our present and never, never, ever again a part of our future. So, thanks for joining us for this difficult, this difficult episode. Yeah, thanks for tuning in all right see you next time see you next time bye take care